what time it is. It's the PB Show. Yo, what's up, everyone? It's your friendly neighborhood PB, and we are back here for episode two of, you guessed it, the PB Show. Man, I am so glad that you're here. On this show, we want nothing more than for each episode to bring you closer and closer to Jesus. Now, let's get right to it. So episode one was the start to our very first series here on the PB show called Frequency, where we learned how to fine tune our ears and shift our perspective to be able to hear God and find God everywhere. But man, part two of Frequency is about to get stupid deep. Come on, somebody say stupid deep. On this episode, we're going to break down what causes distortion to his voice and distance to his presence. In other words, this may be the answer to why you feel far from God, stagnant, spiritually dead, lifeless, empty, or even just heavy. But there is still something in you, even as you hear my voice today, that is hungry for God and is keeping you moving, but you just can't seem to get yourself back together. Well, I've got good news for you. It ends today. Come on, church. Say it with me. It ends today. I didn't say it It ends today or I think it. No, I said it ends today. (laughs) Listen, as funny as it sounds, If the enemy is out here trying to kill your faith, you got to come at him with the very same attitude and say, you could go back to hell where you belong because my faith will not die. Man, if that's you, let's talk about it. The answer is simple, and I'm about to use a real churchy word here on this podcast, but my goal is to help listeners really understand his word and apply it to their lives so that they can be able to see real, true, and effective change. So what causes distortion of God's voice and distances presence? Well, in your life, it is and will always be sin. You see, we live in a society that has taught us to idolize our feelings and put our feelings on a throne and not only put our feelings on a throne, but reject anything that offends us, even if it's for our betterment. (laughs) The devil's so smart. You see, he knew that if he can get our generation to care more about our feelings than the truth, then when the truth presented itself, we would reject it. Come on, somebody. Am I teaching today? I'm here to say that the Bible is offensive. What? Yeah, I said it here on the podcast. The Bible is offensive. But why? Because it is the only thing on this earth that'll address the sin and has the power to break it. Come on, somebody. The enemy does not want us to be accountable for our sins because he understands the freedom it would give. Did did you hear? If you are accountable for your sins, he understands the freedom that that would give you. You want to know why he's after your freedom? Because you have something he can never have again. Do you want to know why the devil's out there trying to kill you and kill your faith? Because you reflect and remind him of a place that he no longer has access to. Come on, somebody. He doesn't even want what he has to offer. (laughs) Can I share with you? In Luke chapter 22, there's a man named Judas and Judas was a follower of Christ. And this story has always impacted me. You see, Judas betrayed God. There was a time where Jesus went to pray and as he's preparing for what he knew was the inevitable, Judas was behind his back, betraying him and giving Jesus his location. So he's talking to the priests and he's talking to the Roman Empire and he's saying, I know where Jesus is. What will you give me? And they offer him 30 shekels and he agrees to tell him where Jesus was and he sells Jesus for these 30 shekels. And then he says, for you to know who is Jesus I will walk to the crowd of people and I will kiss him. And the one that I kiss on the cheek is Jesus. Arrest him. 
So G- Judas does just that. He comes with the Roman Empire and the priests, and they kiss Jesus on the cheek, and immediately Jesus was arrested. And this was basically the beginning of Jesus about to be crucified. And Judas is watching everything that's unfolding before him. And now he's broken inside saying, oh my gosh, how could I have betrayed Jesus for just 30 shekels? And he goes and does something that's so impactful. He goes back to the person who offered him the 30 shekels to begin with and said, here, take it back. I don't want this. This is blood money. And the priest rejects it. He didn't even want what he had to offer. Why? All he wanted was Jesus. Come on, am I talking to somebody? You see, the devil himself is offering you things in this world that he himself doesn't want. I dare you to go back to the enemy and give him what he tried to offer you. And I can guarantee you, he's going to say, no, 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 no. I didn't want that. What I wanted initially was Jesus out of your life. And that's exactly what you gave me. But I believe today that there is a church rising up saying, I don't want these 30 shekels. I don't want what the world has to offer. I already have everything because if I have Jesus come on I have everything that I need so what is this sin that is separating us from God let's talk about it you see at one point God and man had a perfect relationship but Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the book of Genesis which instantly separated man from God and this is exactly what sin is Sin is our actions, our thoughts, and our heart that goes against God and His holiness, creating a gap between us. Because both holiness and sin cannot coexist. Think of God's holiness like the sun. Even though the sun is beautiful in all of its ways, it provides life, it provides heat and light and gives you a nice tan. Come on. (laughs) The very same sun if we get close, can be dangerous. Not dangerous with ill intent, but rather dangerous because of its magnitude and purity. You see, God in his complete holiness does not and will not coexist with sin because sin does not have the ability to do so. So when we are covered in a life of sin, we are far from God. Second Timothy 3 through 5 says this, in the last days, Pearliest times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. That being said, listen, we've all sinned. We are all in need of Jesus. The world is trying to sell us this idea to live how we want, to do what our own will is, to be unholy and content with that, to be lovers of our sin, to build our own empire, to hustle and to grind, to chase paper and chase fame, to focus on ourselves, to cut people off who even did us wrong, to be vengeful, to be unforgiving, to be close to his grace, but man, far from his righteousness, to be divided by opinions and politics, to attend church only for a moral stance, to refuse change because, hey, I was born this way, but that's not Jesus. When Jesus comes into your life, everything changes. I got to say it again. When Jesus, in case you missed it, when Jesus comes into your life, everything changes and nothing, nothing can remain the same. And I believe that the time to allow God to move in your life has come. 
actually move. The time has come to finally allow God to change your ways, to touch the depths of your heart, to break your habits, your addictions, your struggles, and even your desires. We serve a God who can still heal the broken. We serve a God that can still bring peace to your unforgiving heart. We serve a God that can still give you the joy to dance your way out of depression. We serve a God whose grace is sufficient, whose love is enough, and his love is relentless. We serve a God who doesn't want some of you. He wants all of you. Listen to me. God is tugging on your heart, and he has been for some time now. You've been justifying your ways for so long, but deep inside you, you knew that something had to change, that he was calling you and calling you deeper and further. I pray, my friend, that as you listen to this podcast today, that God begins to close the gap. Say with me, God, close the gap. But PB, how did I get to this point to begin with? Can I teach you something today? (laughs) The enemy examines before he executes. The temptation that you're facing, the temptation that you face often derives from the place of tolerance. What I'm trying to say is that sin is custom fit. The devil tailors temptation geared towards our own desires like a suit or a dress that fits you perfectly. What tempts you may not necessarily tempt me, but we're all challenged by the things that entice us. But how would the enemy even know how to entice us in the first place? Because he constantly is studying us. When you tolerate something, you're allowing the existence of it without interference. Many things that you are facing today were not assigned to you, but were allowed. Come on, somebody. Many things that you are facing today, you've tolerated. Therefore, you've, they weren't necessarily assigned to you, but you allowed it in your life. Check this out. James chapter 1 verse 13 says this. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is what? Fully grown, brings forth death. I like to call this the formula of sin. It's crazy. So it says that when our desires give birth to sin, sin, when it is what? Fully grown, brings forth death. Did you catch that? It didn't say that it kills you immediately, but rather when it is fully grown, it brings forth death. Why? Can I share something with you? Sin fascinates before it assassinates. Come on, somebody. Think about it like this. A child isn't dangerous to an adult, right? As the adult begins to nurture the child, Feed the child with food and nutrients. And as time goes on, what happens to the child? Does he stay small? No. As time passes, he begins to grow until eventually he is bigger than the parent. Come on, church. Am I teaching today? Now the child can be dangerous to the adult. I wasn't going to share this, but I've, I I hope my cousin Justin is listening. Listen, I have a, cust- uh, uh, a cousin named Justin. 
And growing up, man, we used to fight all the time. You, you guys ever had like that sibling or that relative that you guys just, you know, just always fought? <laughs> and me and him were always fighting physically, just messing around. But you know what? Honestly, I'll be honest. I enjoyed fighting him. Why? Because at that time, I was a lot bigger than him. He was about four years younger. And man, I was just, you know, I watched WWE. So, you know, I would I would pick him up and slam him and say, can you smell what the, no, <laughs> what the rock is cooking? You know, we would just always fight and tussle and and. And I'd always win, you know, <clears throat> not to brag or anything, but, you know, uh, you know, PB got some, you know, I'd always win. But <laughs> the reason why I would always win is because, well, he was half my size. It was a David versus Goliath story and he didn't have a slingshot. It, it just is what it is. But you know what? Justin moves to Puerto Rico. Right. And I haven't seen him for some time. It's been it's been a couple of years. Right. And I don't know what God did to this man. It was a supernatural move of God. But when I went to visit Puerto Rico, I'm going to go see my cousin and say, hey, Justin, what's up? And and I finally see him and I'm thinking I'm going to look down. But I kept looking up and up and up. I said, oh, hey, Justin, Justin. <laughs> I was like, how, how, hey, how you doing, buddy? At this point in time, he was half my size. I mean, he was I was half his size. He he had a huge growth spurt and now he was big. So. Just just to let you know, I got along with him after that. <laughs> I said, how you doing, buddy? You look good, man. You look good. You, you, you remember when we grew up? No, you don't? Okay, good. <laughs> I was like, wow, this man grew. You see, before it wasn't intimidating. Before he was small. Before I could take advantage. I had control. I, I was stronger. I was bigger. Here's how strongholds in your life grow. When you avoid them, when you put them to the back burner, when you don't pay attention to them and where you're not accountable, some time will pass. When you go see and visit what you were first dealing with, now it's bigger than you. Now you can't break it. You don't have the power to, but church, come on, somebody. I believe in a God that is bigger than your sin. I believe in a God that is bigger than your wrongdoings, that is bigger than your mistakes. Even though it may be intimidating to you, even though it may be your Goliath, we serve a giant God. Come on, somebody right there where you are. I just want you to begin to celebrate and say, that's right. The God that I serve is bigger than the things that I'm coming against. Wow. Come on, somebody. Ask yourself this, what sin have you been tolerating? What sin have you been feeding and giving the appropriate nutrients to grow? Because you're growing the wrong thing. Because what you have been tolerating can be the very thing in your life that when it is fully grown can bring forth death. And he's trying to distract you so that you don't pay mind to it so that it can have the time to be bigger than you. But I've got good news for you today, church. It may be bigger than you, but it's not bigger than the God that you serve. First Corinthians 10, 13 says this, God is faithful and he will not let you, check this out, be tempted beyond your ability but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. There goes all the excuses. <laughs> I'm gonna read that again. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but accompanied by every temptation will be a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That being said, the sin that you face today that you've been trying to beat you do have the ability to do so, but the enemy has tried to convince you otherwise. Why? He's trying to convince you that the way you are living, that what you are tolerating is only minor. What you're doing behind closed doors isn't hurting anyone. 
when in reality it's hurting your spirit what he's trying to do is get you to feed his child so that when it is fully grown the very thing that you fed will kill you spiritually my question to you today is what are you parenting the things of the enemy or the things of God because in order to stand against the things that come from hell you must fill yourself up with the things that come from heaven somebody say talk about a PB think about it I know you're used to hearing a prosperity gospel that'll tell you that where you are is okay but that's a message shared by churches preachers and pastors that only care about your attendance and not your salvation today you are learning the truth about the evils of sin and romans chapter 6 verse 1 through 2 says this what shall we say then are we to continue in sin that grace may abound no by no means because how can we who died to sin still live in it can I share to you, church, what happens when you begin to turn away from sin and run to God? You're going to fall. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall short of his glory. But you don't confuse that with defeat. Why? Because you are still running. Just don't stop running. Because even when life gets hard, even when struggles get tough, even when desires come knocking at your door, Romans 8 38 says this for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor death nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord if this generation could understand that God is both loving and righteous we would become dangerously unstoppable we must lose the fear of offense discipline and change if we died to ourselves and picked up our cross i wonder what our generation would look like if we praise his way higher than our feelings i wonder what our generation would look like if we invited him into our lives and lived not by our will but by his i wonder what our generation would look like if we began to forgive forgive even when we didn't want to forgive i wonder what our generation would look like if we stopped living on the edge and stopped trying to to see how much we could get away with and still be considered a child of God I wonder what our generation would look like if the devil has gone to these lengths to keep you away from the presence of God to keep you far from a life of holiness and even farther from his presence does that not show you that he's trying to keep you from something great if you've made it this far to the podcast then I know that this word of change is for you today before we end part two of Frequency Series, let me share you with you a verse that truly impacted me because it's a verse that you just won't hear because it's about the discipline of God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 through 14 says this, It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who've disciplined us and we've respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time and it seemed best to them. But if discipline, but if he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness." For the moment of 
discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands, strengthen your weak knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not put your joints out, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for holiness, because without it, which no one will see the Lord. You know, I'm a new father and my daughter turns one year, actually April 25th. Hey, it's a birthday. It's your birthday. My daughter, Adela Rose, you know, thinking about her before her existence, I thought I'd be the nicest parent. <laughs> I thought I could never yell at her. I could never discipline her. I had the weakest heart because I just... I just wanted her to love me and enjoy all of me and have this awesome relationship, almost like a friendship. But when she was born, I realized that I'm more than a friend to her. Yes, I am her friend, but I'm also her father who knows better, who's been there, done that, who knows what's good for her. And all that is good lies in my hand. And as time progressed, seven months of her age, eight months of her age, nine months of her age and she began more curious and she began to wander and she began to learn how to walk how to touch um how to go to different lengths i realized that i had to create boundaries because if i didn't there were dangerous things around her that she didn't deem dangerous because she didn't have the experience nor did she know what it was because my thoughts were higher than hers and I began to discipline her. But my discipline was birthed out of my love for her. And we have been confusing God's discipline for hatred. When God's saying, yes, I am your friend, but I'm also your father. And my word isn't to entertain you, it's to equip you. My word isn't to inspire you only, but it is to impact you. And I know what's best for you because I go before you. Your highest thought is my lowest. I am the creator of all creations. I am El Shaddai. I am the beginning and the end. I am the author of time. The same God of Moses and Abraham and Isaac is the same God you serve. So let me teach you so that the things of this earth don't burn you. Listen. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you have, but you've gone far from him, I want to give you the opportunity right here, right now to make the best decision you'll ever make. Accept Jesus in your heart today and you will never be the same. If that's you today, I want to give you the opportunity to accept him and allow your old ways to die because your old ways would not fill the void in your life because only Jesus can. I want you to repeat after me if that's you. Father God, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Write my name in the book of life. I believe in both your death and your resurrection. By your blood, wash my sins away and make me new in you. My life is no longer my own, 
but I live for you. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. And the church of God says, Amen. Come on, church. Help me celebrate the people that chose Jesus today. You see, the Bible teaches us that every time somebody comes to Christ, there is a party and a celebration that breaks out in heaven. And I want to celebrate you today. Congratulations. Come on, somebody. I hope you enjoyed episode two of the PB show. Thank you for listening. And I hope to see you on the next episode. I leave you with this. Here's three things. Find a church, find a godly friend, and find your Bible. And oh, hey, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I ain't going to let it slip away. I'm going to be New kicks, bell ringing on the last day of singing, yeah. High fiving everybody, but we out of here. Today, today. So fast, life comes and goes. Make it last, best slow your road. They don't take it as a choice, but you gotta know that today's the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I ain't gonna let it slip away, nah. I'm gonna be you guys remember when uh, we'd go to the movies? I know COVID kind of ruined that, but at the end of credits, they'd come and show like a, a, a scene that not everybody, you know, everybody who had didn't have patience left the theater already and wouldn't necessarily see. And we all waited and we're like, oh, shoot, there's credits. Oh, this is that. This is that. So congratulations, man. You heard the song and, and he, here's that credit. All right. Well, um, see you next episode. <laughs>